It's time! Drew Doherty and John Harris have their white coats and their goggles on, and they're ready to talk Texans in a different sort of way. Uh, let's go in the lab. At long last, it's been, I would say, what, John, a month? Since we've, maybe even a month and a half since you and I have gotten together and done a true in the lab. It would probably, yeah. I mean, I think it dates back to prior to the Greenbrier. Mm-hmm. I think once we got to the Greenbrier, we had so many different things going on, doing nightly radio, and of course, we were in different spots to say the least. So, from that standpoint, it was um, it's good to get back together. It is, and this in the lab. Once the season gets going. Like, this in the lab that you're hearing now, it's going to sound drastically different than the one you're going to hear probably in October, certainly in November, December. But we're going to start things off now. We're not going to do a wacky draft, John. We're not picking uh, the three Oilers (laughs) from the run-and-shoot era that we'd like to add to the team. That would be fun to do, but we can't do that. We've got to talk real football. We've got to discuss this matchup that's coming up. But before we get going, make sure you check us out on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. We want to improve. We want you to enjoy us most of all. We just want you to listen. Once the games get going, like next week, yep. we're, what we're going to do is dedicate, I would say, probably one-fifth to the game that just happened and four-fifths to the game ahead. And we plan on trying to get these out on Tuesday afternoons, like okay. today. But uh, today is all about New England. We're on to New England, yes, which is fitting. And we're going to do a bit of a game with things. We're going to say, if the Texans do this, Will that result in a win or a loss? Okay, are you up for that? I like that. Of course, I'm. And up you for that. can you can spit some back at me too. I you know, I'm, I'm all about that. But I'm gonna start things off. If the Texans get two takeaways, just two takeaways, not plus two in the turnover margin, but if they get two takeaways, will they win? Yes or no? Well, that's a good one. I go back to. Okay, have they ever gotten two takeaways from Brady? And you don't have to go too far back, but you go to the divisional playoff round. Yeah. And in that divisional playoff round, I, I said after that game, in fact, Jadeveon and I in a, in a locker room afterwards kind of going back and forth uh, about things. Being too loud. Yeah, we were being too loud. Um, Amy Pelsick had to tell us. I, I wasn't being loud. I didn't think I was. But, I mean, he was, he was really disappointed. I, on the other hand, was sort of encouraged because I felt like, man, if we had some offense in this game, yeah. oh. we had an opportunity. And I think that's the difference, Drew. In that game up in in Foxborough, they got the Boye interception early. That led to a field goal. Yeah. Then they got the Andre Howe interception later. That also led to a field goal. Yeah. So the unfortunate aspect of it was that's eight points they left on the board because they weren't able to turn the turnovers into big points. But if they turn the turnovers into big points, they put sevens up on the board, then absolutely. But last year they created one turnover that led directly to a seven. That's what I was going to say. They got, the, they got the Whitney merciless strip sack that Clowney plucked out of the air, ran right. in the end zone. They got seven points off of a turnover. And if they get the second turnover – they Which the one, John? Yeah, no. Pick, t- t- Which pick one, one, John? If they get the one where one. Pl- the one where Brady was planking underneath a pile and somehow got the ball, he flipped it up to Rob Gronkowski. Well, or are you talking about the one where Marcus Gilchrist came in and 
uh, pop the ball loose right into the arms of an offensive lineman. Or are you talking about the Corey Moore right. interception, which, I mean, that would have been, if he had caught that, that right. would have been it's, the catch any of all of those, catches. Any yeah. of those end up being a positive for the Texans, either the last two, the Gilchrist forced fumble that they didn't get or Corey hanging on to that one at the end, then it's ball game. So two turnovers puts them in a position to win this game as long as it's 10 or more points generated off those turnovers. Okay. It can't be a couple of field goals. So you're qualifying it. So, uh, so yeah, absolutely. But I, I think, you know what? Screw it. Two turnovers, yeah, they're going to game. Okay. How about that? If the Texans get a Lamar Miller touchdown on the ground, will the Texans win this game? I don't think it's a guarantee. I don't think it's a guarantee. I'm being I think very nebulous here. And, and no, I know. Well, I'm laying these bricks, and at the end we're going to basically point out something. I I don't think it's a guarantee. Okay. I think I think back to Lamar scoring on the ground against Seattle last year. Lost that game. I don't know that it's a guarantee that if Lamar scores on the ground that, that, they, that they win the game. I think it will go a long way in establishing the the – the physical front that they need to have against Shelton and Brown in particular. Mm-hmm. The Patriots are very situational defensively. They they have a run. They're, they're going to look different on Sunday than they, they have, have a run. They have a run group, and uh-huh. then they've got a pass rush group. Yep. And it is very clear cut. And if you allow them to be first and ten, you're going to run right into them. And if you get to if they stop you and it's second and ten, you're in trouble. You got to be able to establish the run against them to get to second and six, second and five, because now they're not going to be sure which group to put on the field, and now it's playing right into your hands. So that said, if you get Lamar Miller in the end zone, I think that's going a long way to establishing the line of scrimmage. That's going to be a good thing, but I don't think it guarantees a win. No. If you allow less than two explosive pass plays by Tom Brady, which means twenty-five or more yards. You allow less than two of those. You win. Do you win this game or do you lose? This you game? will win this game. Okay. You will win this game. Last year you had a forty-four yarder to Cooks for a touchdown, a forty-seven or a forty-four yarder to Cooks, a forty-seven yarder to Hogan for a touchdown, a twenty-seven yarder to Danny Amendola, not to mention a few others. Drew, I haven't. I've only been in the sidelines for Patriots game starting in fifteen. Yeah. But what I remember about the game here in fifteen was the long pass to Gronkowski yep. early in the game that put them in position to score points. In sixteen in the playoff game, he went repeatedly to Edelman and Hogan down the field. Yep. Because we took away the short stuff. Last year he did the same thing. We took away short stuff. He decided to go down the field and he went to Cooks all day long. If we can limit those plays, then Yes, Tom Brady is one of the best in the world at managing the game and dinking and dunking if he has to. That's completely – That's you'll live with that in this game in some sense if you have to. But I think what happens – and this is why I like Romeo Cornell being in that position – is Romeo has a pretty good idea for when he's going to take away the short stuff and force them to go long. Yep. And I think he's got a good feel for that. So from that perspective, if they hold them to two long plays, then they definitely will have done their jobs. I think that is absolutely yes. Under or two, no more than two, they win this football game for sure. If you hold Rob Gronkowski to six catches or less, will you win this game? Last year he had eight for eighty-nine. He led them in receptions. He had eighty-nine yards. That was second on the Patriots. Mm-hmm. He also had a touchdown. But I, if you hold him to six. You win this game. Yeah. Because who else is getting the targets? 
It's going to be James White. It's going to be Chris Hogan. I mean, those are going to be the, the two targets. What you cannot have happen, though, is he catches six out of six targets. It's got to be one of those where they target him 13, 14 times, and you're doing such a good job on him that Brady's forced to throw the ball away. He's forced to not make accurate throws, that he's only catching six of 14 or 15. But if you let him on six throws to Gronk, he picks up six catches, but then the rest of the targets are being spread out, and those guys are capitalizing, then you're in trouble. But I think if you're only getting six catches from Gronk, then I think think you win that football game. If Deshaun Watson is positive, just solely him, in the touchdowns versus interceptions category, Will you win this game? Meaning, will he, if he has one touchdown and no interceptions, or three touchdowns and two interceptions, or five touchdowns and four interceptions? History being our guide in the two games that I thought he played the best last year, he was positive touchdown-interception ratio. New England, uh, he had two touchdowns. He had the Griffin touchdown. He had the Ellington touchdown. Did he have a third one? I feel like there's another one in there I'm missing. But he had the Ellington. Oh, Clowney's touchdown. That's what it was. The he had two touchdowns, he one interception. In Seattle, he had four touchdowns, one interception. We've seen him be brilliant. We've seen his touchdown interception ratio be very good in a game, and the Texans still not win those games. So if he is, you know, if he's three to one, if he's giving interception, the thing about the interception last year is it directly led to a touchdown. Yeah. Similarly, I mean, it almost canceled each other out. You had the scoop and score by Clowney, uh, merciless to hit Clowney touchdown, but then you had the Gilmore interception that he ran back and they turned a touch. Those almost cancel each other out yeah. in some sense. And I'm sure the quarterbacks would like those interceptions and fumbles wiped off the record. But we've seen Deshaun be positive in those categories. In fact, in the three losses he had last year, Kansas City being another one, hell, he threw for five touchdowns. Yep. And I'm trying to think if he had an interception that game or not. I can't remember. I don't recall him having one unless it was like right at the end of the half. But – We've seen it be positive in the touchdown-interception ratio and them lose games, so I don't think that's a guarantee, no. If the Texans win the time of possession statistic, will they win the game? There's no guarantee of that because New England could be hitting on big plays. Which is what happened last year. Texans held the ball for 33 minutes, 38 seconds, to just 26 minutes, 22 seconds for the Patriots. I mean, the more that Brady's on the sideline, the better you got to feel. I mean, that's a game last year that – if you get one of those turnovers at the end of the game, you run out the clock, and then you're, 30, you're probably 35 to 25 time of possession. But I don't think time of possession ends up being the factor in this because I think it, – it, well, in some ways it does. I think there are two ways to look at this. Number one, if the Patriots' time of possession is high, then they are dinking and dunking down the field. So that does limit the amount of time you get to Sean Watson on the field. But I don't think that's a bad thing, especially if you're able to clamp down in the red zone that you're forcing Gostkowski field goals instead of touchdowns. The flip side of that is if, like last year, if you're up in the t- if you're up in the time of possession, then there's a possibility that Brady has hit some big plays. Yeah, and that ends up not working well because you've lost two games. You've gone on 36 and 34 the last two times you've played them, and a lot of that was due to big plays. Yeah, huge he had, plays. He had five pass completions of uh, 25 yards or more. He also had a 22-yarder to Rob Gronkowski. Let me be fair to the defense. I'm sorry. You gave up essentially 29 last year and 27 in the playoff game because you gave up a Deion Lewis touchdown return on a kickoff, and after the Gilmore touchdown, you gave up. After the Gilmore interception last year, you gave up a touchdown. So I'll I'll give the defense a little bit of credit, but still – 
if they put up 29 points, you still got to get to 30 to beat them. Yeah. And I, that's, I brought that's up, a tough number. And I brought up time of possession, which is fun, because if you wanted to draw Mike Leach offside, <laughs> at least from 05 to 09, yes. I'm, I'm sure still today, you yeah. ask him about time of possession, he's like, yeah, you know, what's more important is the points on the scoreboard, not right. the time of possession. I just, I just want to score touchdowns. Uh, all right. He's right about that, too. He is. I think time of possession can end up being way, way overrated. Basically, yeah. All those those ideas about, and I don't know that everyone subscribes to this, but many people think you got to run the ball, you got to win the time of possession. Those are all things that the Texans kind of did last year and still wound up losing. Now, you went down uh, and you had a chance to win in the final two minutes, and you were Mm -hmm. up in the final two minutes, and they came back and did what they did. But you're entering a situation where – Understandably so, there's a lot of optimism. I want two keys to a victory, one on each side of the ball. So one on offense, one on defense, that you see the Texans needing for this one. Offensively, offensively, I think it's the layers that you can unwrap, if you will, in how you can attack them. Like I said earlier, the Patriots are very situation-based defense. The Texans are different. The Texans can show you different schemes and play different schemes with the same guys on the field. You can leave Watt, Clowney, Merciless out there and play first, second, and third down. You cannot leave Danny Shelton and Malcolm Brown out there and play second and third down and and do it effectively. You you can't do that. So situationally, you have to keep them off balance almost all day long. You've got to be very, very good on first down. And being good on first down – you have to provide second and three, second and two. You've got to be able to do that. I think the other thing, too, is for the offense to, to play fast. I think playing fast. That's a, and that's something I'm glad you brought that up because we've heard O'Brien talk about that yeah. many, many times this offseason. Tempo, moving, and he, not just with Watson. He was talking about it with Whedon and with right, the, right. Joe Webb when they were playing in the preseason games. He wants the offense to kind of to shimmy at at times as far as let's go fast here, let's slow it down, right. let's go fast again. You know, he, he wants them to be able to get to the line quickly and go. There's no question. I think I, I think that is going to be one key. And kind of to, to my point about layers is in offensively in 16 when we went there, there it felt like there was really a one, one way to beat them, and that was get the ball to Hopkins. If we got the ball to Hopkins, then that was an opportunity. And then maybe you got a chance to hit Will. And Osweiler threw that ball deep to Will, should have caught it for a touchdown. Ended up being a four-point swing because it turned into a field goal instead of a touchdown, et cetera. So that's the way it felt like in 16. Last year, you started to peel back a little bit. You hurt them with Foreman out of the backfield a little bit. You hurt them with Hopkins still. You hurt them with, with Bruce Ellington. Bruce Ellington. You, you, Ryan Griffin had a big, big Ryan game, man, back in front of his Absolutely. Londonderry, New Hampshire peeps. You yeah, know? and then, of course, the ultimate, um, the ultimate game changer in Watson and what he was able uh-huh. to do. So you, you were able to peel back the layers and you were able to move the football. They couldn't get locked in on Hopkins and just double number 10 and get away with it. Yeah, They doubled number 10, and Deshaun made them pay by hitting Ellington, by hitting Griffin. That's what he's got to continue to do. Now you throw the two young tight ends in there I can't as well. Which I can't wait. We, we still have not seen Jordan Thomas do what right. we saw Jordan Thomas do at the Greenbrier, right. which is just absolutely own small defensive backs. Because yep. there's going to come a time when somebody screws up and they put a small – a little gnat on this guy, and he yep. looks like an aircraft carrier. He does. I mean, he really was. <laughs> he runs like one too, man. Yeah, I mean, he, he really is going to be because he can move for a big guy like that. So how do you match up with 
Aikens, and Thomas. And there are a lot of different personnel groupings that you can you can utilize. And, and I hope that even though Foreman's not able to play, that Blue can give them what Foreman did last year, maybe not to that degree, mm-hmm. but give them some of those carries, especially in the fourth quarter when he's pounding on a defense like Foreman did last year. But I want to see Lamar Miller used in, in a few different ways. Differently, yeah. Yeah, and if he can do that. And the thing about Lamar is you really don't want to take him off the field because he's such a good pass protector. So I think that that makes him so valuable for this uh, for this offense. But I think just continuing to peel back the layers offensively, how do Thomas and Aikens get involved? Okay, here's Hopkins. you got to find pick and choose his spots in Lamar Miller. And then, of course, you got Ryan Griffin. I think Ryan – I was asked by Jamie Roots. He said, hey, give me some of your fantasy sleepers. i got some <laughs> friends of mine that are looking for some. And so I just came to the source, and I said – he said, who's the Texan sleeper? And I said, Griffin. Yeah. I feel like Griffin is the kind of guy that Deshaun will look up and trust him, and we saw that in the Patriots game. And he, I think he's the type he of guy I could see getting four, five catches a game, yes. maybe, and Absolutely. one or two of them are touchdowns, Absolutely. like every other game. Absolutely. Okay, what I want to see is the Texans batter Brady because that can lead to a variety of things. But right. I think they're in a good position for this to happen because I don't know that this offensive line of the Patriots right. is up to winning with what we've got up front for the Texans. And I think you're going to be able to say that about a lot of opposing offensive lines right. this season because of the personnel, yep. Watt, Clowney, Merciless, and keep your eyes on Duke Ejiofor because yep. with those other guys. And then Reeder and Covington in the middle. Covington had a, had a strip sack in this game last year. Yep. So I just want to see them get after Brady. Even if he doesn't get sacked, hit him. You know, you're going to get, get after him and hit him because that's going to help things out for the Honey Badger. Yep. It's going to help things out. For Justin Reed, who I think can be a, a playmaking guy, and you, another thing, you got to be clean on special teams. Yep. In years past, we've seen gaffes on special teams, on punt returns and Ugh. fumbles and stuff. You got it. You don't need to be spectacular. I take it, but you just got to be really, really clean and efficient, and get some hidden yards out of special teams. Yeah. Because we haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, absolutely. Around here. To your point, uh, you know, I, I say anything about the defense. I, I think. One of the things, and this is more, this is for the secondary in particular, in particular the safeties. Tyron and Justin, and even Kareem. Kareem's played against Tom Brady before, mm-hmm. but those two in particular have never faced Brady. And one of the things that Brady, and, and every quarterback wants to do this, but as you obviously advance in years, you can, you learn how to do this better than anybody else. But Every secondary in the league will disguise coverage. They'll disguise. They'll show you too high. They'll play one high. Uh, there are a lot of different things that they'll do. But when you face Brady, sometimes you get a little anxious. Mm-hmm. You get a little anxious and you start to show the you show before you, you, you need to. So the secondary, those guys in particular, have to be the best actors around. They cannot give away the disguise before he snaps the ball. They can't get locked in on, oh, he just double-counted us, which means he's back there going, hut, 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 and he's getting them to try and show, and then he'll snap the ball right after that, and all of a sudden he knows exactly whether you're in one high, whether you're playing quarters, whether you're playing uh, two high, whatever. He can figure that out. And and that was always the one thing for me as a safety, especially early in my career, or even corner two, but mainly at safety, was not to give away what the disguise was. Now, we didn't disguise everything, but – 
the Texans will disguise most things, as will most secondaries, and they they're not going to show you one. They're not going to show you one and consistently play that one. So you've got to be patient. That might take a little while, yeah, because you get antsy. You're Justin Reed, and you're a rookie. You're facing Tom Brady. Don't let his he seems, he seems like he's got a matu- he seems like he's got a maturity to him. No, I know, I, I know he does. I don't think and he's so going to have that. That's no, yeah, yeah. I, so does Tyron. But still, there's going to come a time where you get a little bit antsy because you know it is Tom Brady, right? Or because you know it's Cordero Patterson on your side, and you got to help. Or it's Philip Dorsett, and you know those guys can run, and so you're kind of cheating just a little bit. That's something he's going to pick up. So your disguises have got to be on point against him. And I think in the past, that's one of the that's one of the ways that the Texans were able to get turnovers from Brady is they were able to disguise stuff, and this guy's did very well. And then, of course, you brought the house with those three yeah. guys. you yeah. know. And in 16, I think it was a great example. The, to your point about the, defensive, the offensive line for the Patriots, in 16 in that playoff game, Joe Tooney was a rookie. David Andrews, I think it was in his second year maybe. And Shaq Mason, albeit on the climb, was still a young player. We attacked those three guys all night because you had Solder and you had Cannon. Those guys were pretty good. But now it's looking like you hit the edges. Now it's the other side. Because now, they, they've those lost guys Solder. are experienced and they've lost Solder. They've lost Cameron Fleming. They've lost Isaiah Wynn. They've lost Ulrich John. Trent Brown is even banged up. And, yes, you do have Marcus Cannon on the other side. But I do think that you can attack them in a few different ways. And then when they start saying, hey, we got to go help the tackles and the guards start stepping out, now you start Here comes Benardrick. Exactly. Now yeah. you start doing some different things inside. Well, John, this is fun. I, 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 I'm just I'm stuttering because I'm so excited. It's finally September. It is. It's finally football season. We're doing in the labs. And one quick reminder, check us out on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment because, hey, we want to improve. We want you to enjoy us. Most of all, we just want you to listen. But, John, this was a fun time. Can't yeah, wait man. to do it again next week. And I'll, I'll see you around the building a little bit. Sound yeah, man. Good? Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate the people for listening. Sorry we've been away. You haven't. You've been putting up great stuff on In the Lab with all the dirty dozens. A little dirty dozen, little quick hits, you know. But I'm glad that we're back together, man. This was fun. Thank you. Indeed. 